great songwriter. And man, that gets you thinking, doesn't it? We tend to focus on the things we missed as, <gasps> but we forget that everything works together for our good. Albert Einstein said, I think the most important question facing humanity is, is the universe a friendly place? This is the first and most basic question all people must answer for themselves. Now think about that for a minute. Because if you have decided, even subconsciously or unconsciously, that the world is not a friendly place, then you are going to see unfriendliness. If you decide it's a friendly place, then you will look for the friendliness. It doesn't mean that you won't notice the places that are calling out for love, but you will see all the places that are there to give you love, and that will strengthen you to give your love into wherever is calling out for love. And that is how we heal the world, y'all. We heal ourselves. We focus on our joy. We focus on our peace. And when we have joy and peace, then we can give it. And if we don't have joy and peace, we got nothing to give. We're trying to give from an empty well. And we wear ourselves out. And it's sad and it's hard. So the big misses in your life, think of some of the big misses in your life that were a missed opportunity, it went by, I didn't get to do it, I never, it changed the course of my life. Changed the course of my life. What if that huge disappointment in your life was the best thing that ever happened to you? Because you have no idea what would have happened if you'd followed down that road of opportunity. You only know what happened when you followed down the road of opportunity that you have taken. And so, um, as it is often said in 12-step, sometimes rejection is protection. Man, I mean, I think of it in terms of uh, some people that I didn't date, <laughs> but I wanted to. Ooh, protection. Whoa. I think of the near misses. You know, I'm aware on every once in a while, I'm on the highway and somebody comes this close. You know, they cut in front of me. I don't see them right away. I'm slamming on my brakes and I, uh, my heart beats fast and I'm ooh, frazzled and then I take a deep breath and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But how many of those happen that we never even notice? That are not even in our awareness? How many of those are happening at every moment? My Uncle Edgar, in his, in his youth, gave up his seat on an airplane because a family wanted to stay together. And that plane crashed. Now, that's not to say, oh, fate was with my Uncle Edgar, but that family... They had different paths. They had different paths, and you never know where your path is going to take you. But I'll tell you another story about my dad, who was a helicopter, a medevac helicopter pilot for two tours in Vietnam, which means he was a medic, and he flew the helicopters, and he landed in battle zones, and they took on um, wounded and bodies, and they carried them back to the MASH hospitals. Um, and he was shot down 17, 18 times. He had to make a crash landing of some kind. We, when we were little, we used to send him care packages, and my mom would send him um, a certain kind of pipe tobacco that he really liked. 
and my brother and I would pack cookies into a tin to send him. And he, tell, he told me about a time when he was flying, and he thought they were, they were out of the battle zone. They were on their way back to the hospital. It looked like everything was clear. He leaned down to get the tobacco to fill his pipe. And as he leaned down, a bullet came straight through the windshield, like eye level with him. Now, a lot of people died in Vietnam. A lot of people my dad knew died in Vietnam. I'm not saying, oh, God's good because my dad lived. I'm saying you never know. You never know. I have another friend that says, if you're meant to drown, you'll never be shot. <laughs> so we go about worrying about this or that, but what if we're just living life and what's going to happen is going to happen, and we get to look at it through the eyes of love or not, through the eyes of good or not. So loss, I mean, that's the most painful thing I think we endure as humans is loss of people we love. Guess what? Loss means somebody was in your life that was that important. Grief means you miss somebody terribly, so they took up a space of love in your heart. And I'll tell you about grief. I've had some, some pretty important griefs in my life. And what I find is I'm never happy that I lost the person. But as the years go by, I remember how much of the person I haven't lost. My dad is in my head all the time. <laughs> constant, he's, out, he's like got a constant little blow-by-blow -blow description of what's going on. And it's very funny. It's very funny. Um, my mom is with me at all times. My friend Jerry, who died very young, is in my heart, and he will be always. Now, I don't know why he died. I'm not even going to pretend to know that. Um, but I also know that he still lives because the love he gave me lives in me, and I get to share it with other people. So, we take our opportunities. That The sermon title is Prosperity. What is it, right? So pro we talk about prosperity, especially in New Thought. They talk about prosperity, how to have it in your life. And we tend to think of prosperity in terms of money, in terms of pay, <laughs> in terms of giving and receiving things that you can hold on to. But prosperity is so much more than that, as we all can see very clearly by flipping on the news at any, po at any moment, or even just opening up Facebook. Money, without all the other stuff, does not make a prosperous person no matter how many billions they have. Right? right. And not having money doesn't make us poor if we have all those other things. And I also believe with every stitch of my heart and because I have proved it in my life to be true over and over and over again, that if I trust that spirit of God and I keep giving of myself fully in love, then I'm never without, I'm never without. So here are some other things. Do you know what, the, are you familiar with pouring libations? In the African religions and some Native American religions, it's a very, very important part. Um, and there, it's done for various ceremonies, but especially when you are grieving a loved one, you pour the libation for them, and then you pour it out on the ground. And you pray over it the whole time. 
You're praying the whole time. So it's not a big deal. It's just pouring something. But it's the prayer. It's the focus. It's the dedication to that person that makes it sacred. And so in the morning, when I pour my coffee, I can pour libations if I'm aware enough to remember. Or I can just pour my coffee. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I can create a holy moment simply by knowing that it's holy. You're walking on holy ground every time you're aware that you're walking on holy ground. Because the rest of the time you are, but if you don't know it, it doesn't do you a lot of good. Awareness is all. Forgiving and being forgiven. Let me tell you about prosperity. I have not had to live out the consequences of every thought, word, and deed that I have thought, spoken, and done in my life. Right? I've lived out the consequences of the things I do habitually, generally, but um, I've also gotten by with a lot. And, I, and what that does for me when I'm aware of that, when I'm aware of how I'm forgiven, of how I get to keep living my life, of how my husband keeps loving me even though I yell at him, <laughs> right? Um, as I become aware of that, then I can give that to others. I can give grace. I can go, that wasn't their best moment. I don't have to judge their whole person by that moment. I don't have to cut, um, cut ties with someone based upon a moment or two. doesn't mean I stand around for abuse. If I'm being abused, I remove myself from it. And the Dalai Lama says, you do that for two reasons. One, because you don't deserve to be abused. And two, because that person does not need more opportunity to not be their best selves. As long as you're standing there taking abuse, you're allowing them to exercise the worst of themselves. When you don't allow the abuse, at least that moment, you've taken away their, their um, exercising of their worst behaviors. Answers come. That is prosperity. You think, what on earth am I going to do about that? And you can worry and you can obsess. And my, my experience is that worry and obsession just make me lose sleep. But when I take it into a quiet place, when I pray over it, when I share it with a trusted friend, when I open my heart to answers beyond those which I can figure out in my little pea brain, <laughs> then answers come. Answers come. Sometimes the answer is no. But answers come, and when I allow those answers to come, they give me peace, generally. Coincidence. Coincidence. How many times do you go, well, that's a coincidence. Really? Is it? Because I tell you, I've, I've shared this with some of you before, but there's a lot of new people. When I um, was looking for a, a placement as a minister, I had just given up a job that I was having to commute way far to um, and was just sort of waiting for what's next and had no um, nothing on the horizon. And I had told myself, I had looked and looked and looked and looked to see what there was out there, and I had told myself, well, you're just going to have to do your traveling ministry, which is what I've been doing for a long time, just filling in for other ministers traveling around the state and around the country and doing that. And it was fulfilling, and it was beautiful, but my heart knew that it wanted a congregation to be with and to stay with and to love through the blessings and the losses, the births, the deaths, the marriages. Um, and 
I didn't know where that was going to come or when it was going to come or if it was going to come. And I kept checking in with God. Okay, is it mine? Is it, if you want me to do this, <laughs> then you're going to have to give me a place to do it. And since I haven't found one, I assume either it's not ready yet or I'm not ready yet. So help me learn what I need to learn so I can be ready or help them get ready for whatever it is. And then this one day, my friend David Howard called from Colorado. I met him in Arlington. He called me from Colorado. He said, I'm going to be in Dallas speaking at this church that I used to go to, and I'd love to see you and Bob if you want to come have lunch. And I said, sure, tell me where the church is, and I will come to your service. And we came here, and as I hugged him that morning, he said, they're looking for a minister. And... <laughs> And then, like, 30 seconds later, Lisa Fleming walked up to me and said, Are you Melinda Allen? And I said, Yeah. She said, Reverend Melinda Allen? I was like, Yes. <laughs> it was very recent at that point. I wasn't used to hearing the word. Yes. She said, Oh, well, someone put your name in the running for our minister, and we are going to hear you in Fort Worth next week. Are you speaking in Fort Worth next week? I said, Yeah. She said, well, We're coming to hear you. What? <laughs> I hadn't, he's, David's telling me to put my name in a hat. I don't even know there is a hat. And my name is already in it, y'all. And then we meet Reverend Kay and Bob, my husband, realizes, oh, I spent my whole teenage years in her kitchen. Her son was one of his best friends in middle school, in high school. He knew Reverend Kay forever, way before she was Reverend Kay, when she was just a good Catholic mama making food that he liked to eat. So those kinds of coincidences. And then I'll share. <clears throat> My husband is in the hospital right now. He's, uh, he's going to be okay. I have, every, I have every belief that he's going to be okay, and he's feeling much better than he was. But uh, Thursday night, um, I woke up, and he was shivering. And he only had a low-grade fever, so I just you know, kind of let him go. And when we woke up about three hours later, I reached over and he was just so hot, steam was coming off of him. I took his temperature and it said 107 and I went, that can't be right. And so I took it again and it was 106.6. And I said, stay right there. I'm gonna go get a COVID test and get you something to reduce the fever. And I ran downstairs and I ran back up. Y'all, I was gone maybe two minutes. And he's already, he's decided he's gonna get up himself he tried to get to the bathroom. He just kind of sank down and didn't make it. He couldn't get up. I couldn't get him up. And so I called the paramedics. And it was scary, and it was overwhelming. And here's the deal. I live right between a fire station, a hospital, a hospital, and a hospital. <laughs> they were there in two minutes. I thought there's no way they're going to get this. 200 and whatever, I'm not going to tell you. Man, down these stairs, nope, they have this amazing contraption. They got him up, they got him down the stairs, they took him to the hospital, and the whole time, and, and the emergency, we took him to the emergency room, and we got this room. It was actually a private room in the emergency room. I don't know if you've ever had that situation. Usually it's a curtain between you and some other cots, but they had this room open, and it turns out that they admitted him to the hospital, but they didn't have any beds open in the hospital, so we had to stay in the emergency room all day, 13 hours we were in the emergency room waiting for a bed, but we had our own private room. Okay, maybe that would happen. I'm just telling you, 
Those things, I'm not saying I made those things happen or I attracted them or I manifested them. I think there's a lot of hubris involved in that. But I will say that a lot of good stuff happened and I was aware of it and open to it and thankful for it in each moment. In each moment. And yes, I was scared and Lord, I was tired. I'm still tired. I got eight hours of sleep, but that spread over three days. <laughs> so, um, but... But I was just reflecting this morning what a different experience it is when I don't have to completely give in to my fear, when I can be aware of all there is to be grateful for, even in the moment, even in the moment. Also, Aaron had spent the night with us. My daughter had spent the night with us the night before. This does not happen very often because I have a grand dog who leads a, needs a lot of attention. So, but Aaron had spent the night before, so I didn't have, have to worry about the animals. I didn't have to worry about anything. I could just go out the front door and go to the hospital. And she took care of everything else. If it had been any other day, she wouldn't have been there. I would have been running around trying to figure out to feed them or figure out somebody to feed them and give them their medicine. I didn't have to do any of that. It was all taken care of. And in every moment, I was so grateful. I was so grateful. And I kept saying thank you to her. And she's like, don't thank me. This is what I do. I'm a daughter. This is what we do. Um, but, but it wasn't important to her to be thanked. It was important to me to be aware of how important the situation was. Pop-up people. I call them the pop-up people. You're thinking, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get out of this situation? And somebody pops up. You never met them before. They have just what you need and you never see them again. Have you had that happen? The person that stops to change your tire? The person who, I mean, I, I can't even think of all the, the instances or even begin to in my life, but a friend of mine was just telling me recently, she went to a conference out of town. She and her husband, they don't travel. They don't like to. They drove their car. They were already a little freaked out. They went to the conference. They came out, and their car wouldn't start. And they thought, we don't even know anybody here. Who do we even ask for help? And they just stood there looking helpless. And Seven people came over, said, what do you need? I've got a jumper cable. Well, I got a truck. They got them jumped off, told them where the nearest auto store was. So they're trying to make it to the auto store. And three blocks from the auto store, the car stops again. And she's like, okay, well, I guess we can walk down and get a battery. And before she even gets all the way out of the car, a truck stops. And a guy says, what's going on here? She said, we need a new battery. We're trying to get to AutoZone. He said, hmm, I got a battery for that. Not, I'll take you to the store and get a battery. I have a battery that'll fit your car. Yeah, take it. You just never know. These things happen. These things happen. And they, they happen all the time, but we're not always aware of them. They happen in small ways. Maybe things we don't notice. They happen in small ways. Lots of things that we don't notice. A prayer I like to pray is thank you for all the blessings that I am aware of and all of the many that I am not aware of. Because I think we understand maybe 1% of what's happening. If we open our minds even up one more percentage, we would double the joy in our lives. Time and the enjoyment of that time is God's gift for you to unwrap daily. Each one of us is put here on earth to learn, share, love, appreciate, and give of ourselves. And none of us knows when this fantastic experience will end. It can be taken away at any moment. That's Chris Chenoweth again. Time. Are you thankful for your time? 
I know I run around a lot of the time saying, there's not enough time. And the truth is, there's exactly enough time to do whatever has to be done. Because if it doesn't get done, it didn't have to be. Because life still goes on. And how am I going to spend that time? And is, am I going to waste that time? Am I going to use it obsessing? Am I going to use it complaining? Or am I going to use it looking around for how to feel good in the moment? For more peace, for joy, for recognizing others, for giving thanks, for forgiving myself and others. <coughs> right timing. Ernest Holmes says, if you attempt certain things at the right time, they're easy to accomplish. In fact, they almost get done by themselves, but if you undertake them before the time is right, not only will they likely fail, but they'll often become impossible to accomplish. When the time is right, everything flows. When we try to push the river, the river just stays at its same pace. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. But if we get in the boat, we'll get where we're going. Beauty and wonder are two of the greatest gifts that we're given. Beauty. Now, beauty only works if we take time to look at it. And wonder only works if we're open to it. Because we cease to wonder. We go, oh, that's really pretty. We put it in a box and we never think about it again. We may pass it every day from then on. But if we went, ooh, a, new, a fresh thing is happening in every moment. I want, to be awake to the, I want to be awake to the beauty that is. I want to use my curiosity. I want to live in wonder. Then life opens up. That is prosperity, y'all. The beauty in your life is prosperity. The beautiful music. The beautiful sky. There is no sky. And I've lived all over the world. There's no sky like a Texas October sky. Wide and wide and going on forever in blue beauty, imagination, because we use our imagination to make our lives good or not so good. For many years, I used my, my imagination to think of the worst possible things that could happen and every variation thereof so I could see what was at the end of that road and then ask myself, would I be able to survive that if that happened? That's a lot of time, y'all, and a lot of energy. A lot of energy. I was using my imagination to torture myself. And when you say, well, what if da 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 you are using your imagination to torture yourself. If it happens, you'll deal with it when it happens. But why live through it a million times before it even happens when it might not happen? David Roth says, uh, has in his song, um, I have discovered that worrying works, and I'll tell you why I'm pretty sure. Most of the things that I've worried about never even come close to occur. <laughs> right? Most of the stuff we worry about doesn't even happen. So we can use our imagination to increase our prosperity. Eric Butterworth says, prosperity is a way of living and thinking, not just money or things. Poverty is a way of living and thinking, not just lack of money or things. And then finally, our ability to affect the world, our ability to do what we talk about 
in our mission and vision statement. To see love, to hold love, to believe love, to act in love, to speak love, to think love. Because when we do, we bring more love to the world, period. One plus one plus one plus one equals a lot. And love is more powerful than anything else. So yeah, you see people bringing disharmony, you see people bringing hatred, calls for love. But maybe that's not your business. Maybe it's your business to love even more because one plus one plus one of love equals a lot more than one plus one plus one of hate. Hate vibrates at a much lower energy than love does. And so it doesn't take too much love to overcome hate. And when we all realize that, when we all take that in and believe who we are, blessed beings of spirit, of divine nature, then that's how the world's going to heal. Not, for the world, not the war to end all wars. There's no such thing as that. So to give thanks for our ability to affect the world, as a poet uh, has said, we must reteach all things their loveliness. So if someone is standing before you and seems ugly, and I mean in attitude, in word, in what they're doing, that means they don't realize their own beauty. They have no idea. What if we could love enough to teach someone that they're lovable? And once we know we're lovable, then we're able to love. And I would posit that everybody who's doing unlovable things is doing that from a place of feeling unlovable. And so first of all, we gotta fix that in ourselves. We have to understand our own lovability, and then we have to allow that in other people. You may feel like crap today, but I see love. I see good in you. I choose to focus on that. I see the divine shining in your eyes. Now, you don't walk up to somebody in the grocery store and say, I see the divine shining in your eyes. <laughs> or maybe you do, but you know, you'll be more likely to be put away somewhere. But when someone bumps your cart and doesn't even say, excuse me, and just goes on down the road, you have the excuse to go, or to go bless them, maybe having a really bad day. And don't you wish there were people to bless you when you're having, when you're, you're not your best moments? Well, I'm here to tell you there are. There are. Look around. Plus all of the pop-up people in your life who you've met and haven't met yet. Get ready. Because the awareness is all. The awareness is all. That's what we need to live a prosperous life, to open to all of the good there already is. And when we open to that good, we expand it because we can't help expanding it because that's who we are. The Buddha says, let us rise up and be thankful for if we didn't learn a lot today, at least we learned a little. And if we didn't learn a little, at least we didn't get sick. And if we got sick, at least we didn't die. So let's all be thankful. Didn't know that Buddha was a funny guy, did you? <laughs> but it's the truth. There's always something to be thankful for. We focus on the thing that hurts. My toe hurts. And forget that oh, the rest of my body feels pretty fine. So a toe is not that much. doesn't mean I don't, don't address the toe. It means that the toe doesn't become my whole world. 
right? We do this for ourselves. We do it for each other. That is my challenge to you this week. I love you. Thank you. So this is the month of gratitude. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Until Christmas. So let's just sit here comfortably for a moment and breathe deeply. You don't have to make yourself breathe any special way, but here's what I'm going to ask you. Notice as you breathe that you are being provided that breath of life without any effort on your part. And simply say thank you. Notice that as, as you sit here, you are in an air-conditioned space. In the fall of the year, in a town where no bombs are going off, to that hurt for reminding you of how much good there still is. Not everything hurts. And maybe make a pact with yourself today that whenever you see beauty, you're going to notice it and remark upon it. by people who simply love. They don't necessarily know me. They just love enough to bring food for everyone. You may hold someone's hand today. I challenge you to feel what it feels like to have your hand held. The wonder and beauty of that. 
I invite you to go outside and realize how much less you're going to sweat today than you did a month ago. That's beauty. And when we live a life of gratitude, we are constantly inviting more good into our lives. And so what I see today when I look out is a bunch of prosperous people who are just getting richer by the minute as they notice the prosperity that surrounds them, that lives through them, that's in front of them, that brought them here. And for that, I give all my thanks. And I'll say amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.